Hello, my name is Phoebe Smith, and I want to tell you about my book Wayfarer. Love, loss and life on Britain's ancient paths. Wayfarer tells the story of how I lost my way and found it again by walking the ancient pilgrim paths in Britain and elsewhere. Along my journey, I found hope, confronted past experiences and learned more about myself than I ever thought I would. My book, Wayfarer, is out now and available in hardback, ebook and audiobook. On this special episode of the Wonder Woman podcast. She really believed that if she brewed a lake of beer, it would solve the problems of the world. I go to Kildare in association with Tourism Island in search of the real woman behind the legend of St Bridget. Some people see Bridget only as a goddess. Some people see the Bridget, the saint, as just an Im- what call embodiment of the goddess. So as, as one of the historians said, she's malleable. I try reed weaving with a history lesson on the side with one of the last Bridgetine sisters of Kildare. And I hear the many facets of the woman believed to have inspired the legend of Ireland's only female patron saint. She's linked to smithcraft, blacksmiths, uh, poetry, sustainability, obviously charismatic female leader, kindness, peace. You're listening to an extra bonus episode of the Wonder Woman podcast, an audio travel magazine with me, adventurer Phoebe Smith, exploring off-the-beaten-track destinations, responsible travel, wildlife encounters, and the unsung heroes behind conservation efforts. Come wander with me. I'm stood at St Bridget's Well. It's windy, it's rainy, there's water running under a bridge. There's a statue that's quite recent of St Bridget next to the water who's holding her eternal flame next to a series of arches that someone's hung a St Bridget's cross in. What do you know about St Bridget? I'll confess, not being religious, I knew very little. Growing up in Wales, I recall there was a nearby school that bore her name. On my travels, I've occasionally spotted a church or a street that her name appears on, but I've paid no real attention. Until last year when the Irish government declared a new bank holiday in Ireland to coincide with St Bridget's Day on February the 1st. As a lover of stories of strong women, I was intrigued what had given this particular one her own special day. And so, on my recent adventure to the Emerald Isle, I decided to try and decipher the real Bridget behind the saint and find out if she even existed at all. My name is Tom McCutcheon and I'm the manager of Kildare Town Heritage Centre and Tourist Office. Kildare, for those who don't know, sits just a 30-minute train ride or 45-minute drive from Dublin. Easily reached by rail or road, it's an unassuming commuter town, famed among horse racing fans, with a modest population of just over 10,000 souls. It may be small in size, but it's a place that gave its name to the entire county within which it sits, and, also, was the home of a woman called Bridget, who lived here back in the 5th century, as Tom explains. Well, we know that basically her mum was a slave, her father was a, a, a chieftain, Dovdok. Um, they think that her mum may have come from Portugal originally, um, but she grew up basically half slave and half free person, uh, and at, she was supposedly very beautiful, and her father wanted her to marry, and obviously into some sort of alliance, and she basically didn't, and she saw her life very differently. But even from early age, people could see how kind she was. Like when her parents were there, often the food was gone because someone 
poor would come to the house looking for something to eat and she would give everything. She's linked to smithcraft, blacksmiths, uh, poetry, sustainability, obviously charismatic female leader, kindness, peace. And was she from Kildare or did she come to Kildare? What's the, the theory there? We say that she was born in a place called Umaris, which is probably five or six kilometres away from here, like four or five miles near between here and Manastreven. And she was looking for a site for her church. She went to the King of Leinster. Because there was already a sacred grove here of oak trees and uh, linked to the fire temple. I'm going to cut in here and tell you a little bit about the legend of Bridget the Goddess, which I learned in this heritage centre, courtesy of the impressive VR presentation that whisks visitors back 1,500 years into the past. It starts by transporting us to the circle of oak trees that Tom refers to, where the cathedral today now stands, hence the Irish name for the town, Kildara, the Church of the Oak. We're watching a group of pagan women surrounding a fire which they swear to keep burning forever. The leader is Bridget, or Briga, or Brigantia, or Breed, for she has many names. She's a figure who predated Christianity, celebrated by Celts across Europe, linked to Mother Earth and the region around the Danube in Germany. She became known as the Goddess of Fire. And some theorists and historians believe that the Celtic Bridget was adopted by Christianity in order to convert pagans. Now, back to Tom. Where she went to the King of Leinster, who was notoriously mean, uh, and he, um, she kept at him, and he said, no, 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 and eventually said, lay down your cloak and you can have as much land as your cloak can cover. And obviously it spread out, they say, to all to cover all of the Curra Plains, so, in local terms, the Curra is often referred to as Bridget's Pastures. The Curra is a huge expanse of common land, around 2,000 hectares in size. It's home to the largest fen or wetland in Ireland and consists of rolling grassland with no hedges, making it quite a spectacle to behold. Traditionally, it was a gathering place and a place to graze animals. Now it's used to train horses for the nearby racetrack. After speaking to Tom, I drove out to these Bridget pastures to see just how big an area it was that a single woman could claim with just one cloak. This is the Curra. Um, it's just endless stretches of sort of crumpled green marshland, for want of a better word. It's just incredible to think that she stood on these same lands, or a woman called Bridget did, and helped claim them for the people for agriculture really and for somewhere to live and for drinking water and healthy places to drink and eat it really is beautiful after visiting the curra and getting a sense of the size of the landscape that bridget managed to claim from the miserly king i asked tom how it could possibly be based on any truth there is a practical way to look at that bridget was a person of high standing uh, and she could have had a silk cloak yeah. if you took a thread of four of our followers took a thread from each elm uh, corner of the cloak and walked in opposite directions. She could have spanned out and covered the whole curra. So I asked Tom, does he believe that St Bridget was actually a real person? There was a writer a couple of years ago, he was the education officer for the National Museum. Yeah. He spent 15 years collecting and collating everything you can imagine about Bridget, poetry, songs, everything, and putting it together. And 
his conclusion, he went in with a very objective view, was if Richard didn't exist, it was the greatest con ever. <laughs> I left the Heritage Centre and walked to the cathedral, formerly the Circle of Oak Trees, and the site where it's believed St Bridget ran her co-ed monastery. That's one that teaches both men and women together, very forward-thinking for the time. The grand stone building that stands there today was closed for repairs on my visit. But in the grounds there is a monument said to mark the spot where the eternal flame burned until the reformation of the church saw it extinguished in the 16th century. Though that light went out, a little down the road, I met a woman responsible for bringing it back. My name is Phil O'Shea. Uh, we're in Solisfrida Centre in Kildare Town. Um, Solisfrida, to give its full title, Solisfrida Centre and Hermitages Limited. Um, and it's a not-for-profit organisation, a Christian spirituality centre with a focus on unfolding the legacy of St Bridget and how that can speak to us today. Sister Phil is one of only two Bridgetine sisters left in Kildare, who 30 years ago came to the town and nearly 10 years ago opened the centre, Solus Vride, or the Light of Bridget, where Bridget's eternal flame now lives and never goes out. You heard her mention hermitages, these are self-contained apartments that they rent out to people of any or no religion for time for reflection. I met Phil to discuss who she thought Bridget was and her relevance today. Bridget, because she's pre-recorded history, it's malleable. Yep. Some people see Bridget only as a goddess. Some people see the Bridget, the saint, as just an in, what you call it, embodiment of the goddess. Yep. You know? So as, as one of the historians said, She's malleable and each generation reinvent her and can be reinvented in her own way. So I suppose it depends on which Bridget you come to, you know. We talked about Bridget as being a sustainable saint, one who was attuned to the earth, who wasn't wasteful, who valued nature, which also links to her history as a pagan goddess too. Her feast day in Christianity is the 1st of February, which marks the first day of spring, or in pre-Christian times, Imolg. And it seems that the sisters of Brigidine share this duality of the ecclesiastical beliefs with the pagan ones. We mark the, the rhythm of the year, the natural season and the liturgical season. Oh. So we would have things for during, um, for example, we would mark the equinoxes and the solstice through the lens, I suppose, of caring for the earth and that whole Celtic sense of the divine presence being in and through everything and also our call to care for the earth today. So we think it's lovely to mark the rhythm of the seasons. And then our Advent and Easter and Lent, you know, our Christian uh, yeah. feasts as well, um, incorporated into them. Before I left, Sister Phil brought out some rushes which they used to weave what's known as Bridget's Cross. Always made of natural material, it's said that Bridget herself made it to explain her Christian beliefs to a pagan chieftain. But there are others who say its four arms represent the four seasons, or the four elements, earth, water, air, and of course, fire. I watched as she took a cluster of green grasses and transformed them into a work of art, and then asked me to do the same. It's funny because it feels so strong, and at the same time well, it's so vulnerable. <laughs> that is a very, you know, when we're reflecting, sometimes we do a little meditation on it, you know. Yeah. There's a lovely Irish phrase which says, we're, we're only strong when we're together. I left with my Bridget cross in hand and visited her holy well, where other crosses hung and prayers and Christian candles sat by her statue, 
alongside a tree which was tied with ribbons or cluties, an old spiritual offering that's dipped in the well or spring and said to help with healing, something that predates the church by thousands of years. While sat under the statue of Bridget, always placed on the ground rather than raised on a plinth to show her connection to the land, to people, I considered how, whether she was real or not, her legacy does live on in the local people. Back in the town, I was staying at a place called Firecastle, a deli, bakery and hotel next to the cathedral, and I asked in Nepal, a native Kildarian. Has she been something of an inspiration for you as a business person? Well, do you know what, I suppose probably through, uh, you know, you know, I suppose when you look at it, maybe that's what's built into us, do you know what I mean? We've kind of grown up with it and she has everything, look, we're, we're always trying to make things more sustainable. So I suppose, um, yeah, it's, we've kind of morphed, it's probably morphed its way through me and it's probably, it embodies everything we do. But certainly, um, you know, we try to do it to be as sustainable as, we, as possible. From inspiring sustainable business practices to caring for nature, Promoting education for all and helping those less fortunate, Bridget certainly seemed like the kind of woman I could get on board with. But if I was still sat on the fence, there was one last person I was about to meet who would convince me. So Bridget is the patron saint of brewing? That's right. Among all her many talents, Bridget was also the brewer of beer, much like Judith Boyle, a fourth-generation publican here in Kildare. She really believed that if she brewed a lake of beer, it would solve the problems of the world. Um, so she believed that if she could brew and people got around kind of a cauldron or a pot of beer um, and shared it out, that people would solve each other's problems. So basically, you know, she was obviously really good at socialising. <laughs> um, and then there was um, a lot of writings about the fact that um, she used to brew um, for a lot of the other monasteries around um, as well. Um, and historically um in relation to beer um a lot of the lot, lots of beer in the uk and ireland were brewed and in europe were brewed by monasteries first yeah um, and then doled out basically either to cure an ailment or if people couldn't drink the water yeah um, it was a light it was a light and safer way of drinking um and the time there's even a story that a lot like in the bible where jesus turns water into wine bridget is said to make one barrel of beer quench the thirst of an entire parish of 18 churches whether or not you think that's a true story, it certainly inspired Judith and her sister Susan to attempt to do the same. They formed Two Sisters Brewing and created us Bridget's Ale in her honour. So the idea with Bridget's Ale was that it was supposed to kind of, I suppose, celebrate everything that was Bridget. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to use um, homegrown malt and barley, or home, homegrown barley that was malted yeah. um, here. And then um, we also brew, uh, we put um, honey in our ale, so to kind of signify the whole kind of Bridget side of things. So there was a, an ancient style of beer called a braggot, which was either mead and beer mixed together to make a kind of a honey ale, or else honey was added to the ale. So we add, um, our dad's a beekeeper, so we added ah. his, his honey to the beer um, and then put in some hops that were kind of earthy hops to kind of symbolise the kind of the the again nod to kind of that agriculturalness to it um, and then yeah and we brewed this beer and it was a small batch of beer and um, we 
we had it at the tasting and everyone said it was amazing and then we were like yeah that's lovely that's done tick um, and then a couple of weeks later people came in and were like oh do you have any more of that beer and we we're like no 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 we weren't doing it no no we weren't. it was a one-off it's a once-off it was just a thing and um, we might have it next year um, and then people kept asking for it so we were like okay let's do this commercially so um, we don't have a brewery or anything we gypsy brew it um, who will ever take us um, and then we have a recipe and we brew it and then we sell it in the pub downstairs. After a long weekend in Kildare on Bridget's trail, I wasn't sure I was any closer to discovering if she truly was real. But the qualities that Bridget the goddess, the saint and the woman stood for, helping others, empowering women, caring for the earth and making enough beer for everyone, means that one thing's for sure. Her legend has certainly spanned further than a magic cloak ever did. And we can all drink to that. This has been a special Wonder Woman Extra episode brought to you in association with Podcast Partners Tourism Island. For more inspiring stories from the road, travel hacks, gear chat and inspirational Wonder Women around the world, do subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And please do leave a review. It means so much. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Phoebe R. Smith and go to my website phoebe-smith.com to get in touch. This Wonder Woman Extra episode was written and edited by me, Phoebe Smith. The producer is Daniel Nielsen. The logo was designed by John Summerton. Thanks to all the people I met on my journey and were willing to talk to me. It's because of you that this podcast is able to happen at all. Hello, my name is Phoebe Smith and I want to tell you about my book Wayfarer. Love, loss and life on Britain's ancient paths. Wayfarer tells the story of how I lost my way and found it again by walking the ancient pilgrim paths in Britain and elsewhere. Along my journey, I found hope, confronted past experiences and learned more about myself than I ever thought I would. My book, Wayfarer, is out now and available in hardback, ebook, and audiobook.